welcome to another episode of That'll Teach If You Let It. This is going to be episode four. Travis over here really wanted to get an episode recorded before the start of the school year, which for teachers is on Monday after the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Short, uh, short, short summer um, for yeah. folks to come back in in July. So, yeah. Of course, they're already here. They've been here. And teachers always come back before it's time to come back. (laughs) They just want to know when the floors are done. They do. (laughs) Custodians become the most important people in July. Did you ever realize that? Yeah. They should have custodial appreciation day like, you know, July 15th. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's excited. Everybody's going to be here anyway, so might as well celebrate That's right. (laughs) That's right. Um, So, yeah. What have you been up to this summer? You know, been living that relaxation life, just playing with my daughter. We go on many adventures. Sometimes we eat lunch out more often than we probably should. We just have a grand old time. It's great. So here's a note to principals. Just uh, be cautious when you tell your employees, uh, you know, take this summer, relax, (laughs) re-energize, rejuvenate, all those R words, uh, because they may just take you up on it big time and just walk out of the profession altogether. Just resign. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, how's you looking forward to your new adventure? For those of you listening to the podcast, maybe for the first time, um, Sarah, our 10 year veteran teacher here, got an offer she couldn't refuse. I did. I took it. Yeah. So going to work for the family business, Mm -hmm. part-time work, pretty good pay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) More time at home, which is what I've been doing all summer. So it's, going to be great so we love education and uh we love kids and we love teaching we understand it's a hard profession but um anytime you get offered we kind of offer you you got you know you got to have some we worry about your mental health or you know what's going on in your brain right now if you turn that kind of deal down so we we completely understand that but yes i did want to record a podcast um Maybe it was a lame excuse to get you back into the school and, you know, maybe you'd miss it and tell your parents no, whatever. But, um, (laughs) so just some things that is on my mind as I, um, think about a new year. Uh, it's one of the things I love about education is that it kind of has a closure. Each school year has a closure, uh, some time to kind of separate and think and reflect and then a time to kind of start off new, and it's that new feeling. I don't know about you, like when I was a kid, the most exciting thing about coming back to school, A, was seeing your friends, but sporting your new clothes. Yes, you know, you back to your, school shopping. Yeah, so for me, it was like I had to have my cool trapper keeper, and you know, and, uh, and things Those like that. Those are a that. thing. Those are Again, a thing have now. You, have I know, you seen but it's that? the first time for you. you know, <laughs> I know what a trapper these. keeper is. <laughs> so what was that big item, you know, what was that? What was that thing for you? Like you, the you thing like elementary to, school, yeah, elementary middle was. Yeah. I mean, really, back to school. I loved back to school shopping. Like yeah. I was like, bring it on, because I found all of the Lisa Frank like notebooks and folders, which again is a thing again. Yeah. Like Lisa Frank has rolled out like some. It's a of sign the that you're getting designs. old when things that you remember yeah. come back. So welcome it's to the club. Bad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> just let's just hope that my How parachute. Let's just hope that my parachute pants. <laughs> Uh, MC Hammer pants don't no, come back in style. Thing. They they are they're no. like on the cusp. No. I'm I'm serious. I've seen advertisement pictures oh, of God. Hammer pants. Some things just shouldn't come back, you know. But they mm, do. They look really comfortable though. They are really comfortable. Mm. Um, mine were fluorescent colors. <laughs> so, yeah, can't beat that. Can't touch this. Right. Um, sure. 
so yeah, I'm excited about a new school year. Um, obviously, a lot of changes here at our building, uh, just with a lot of new folks, a lot of new faces. Um, expanding our early childhood, so we have a 3K program for the first time, and um, super exciting. We have a new, we have an additional 4K, so we're expanding there. Um, and then a lot of new faces, a lot mm-hmm. of new teachers. Um, so. You know, I, I love the excitement and energy that first year people bring into, um, and you know they haven't been, I guess, jaded by others. They haven't um, right. experienced maybe some of the disappointments that come mm-hmm. in the classroom, and uh, haven't become hardened to different mm-hmm. things. And so, um, I'm excited. I'm actually yeah. meeting with them um, tomorrow for lunch, and um, so hopefully get to hang oh, out and um, get to know them a little bit. And it's it's good to have that breath of fresh um ideas and energy definitely come back in the building, so. it's a lot but we definitely miss our folks uh, sure. who are not with us for all the he's like hold reasons. on let me wait a <coughs> second no, I, just, there, I, miss, so. I, I miss you guys still oh i'm so excited to have all this new i mean uh. yeah <laughs> but so. no that's great a lot of a lot of good things going on at good old des that's right finding out this like 24 hours before now i've got the change and, and it was just the speed of things and so the last two months have really been able to kind of step back and think about last year, um, trying to celebrate it, you know, the, the achievements, the accomplishments. Um, educators, whether you were teaching virtually, um, I was at model schools and um, people that have not gone back at all, you know, and they're mm-hmm. talking to us. This was just a month ago and they're talking to us about August, about your kids are coming back. and. You know, me and the three teachers that are with me are sitting there like, ours have been back. They've you been know, back. like we've already had a year with them. Mm-hmm. And I think we take that for granted that um, that we did have face-to-face instruction. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that our students benefit from that. While there's still a gap and there's still things that we didn't get last year because of the way we had to teach or mm-hmm. uh, time out, I still believe our kids are better off. Definitely. Uh, socially, emotionally, academically, because we did have that time. For sure. Um thankful for the opportunities to do virtual for those parents that did not feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um you know you taught virtual i did and um being able to provide instruction for those kids um being able to do lessons and provide those and talk with them meet with them Mm -hmm. uh, keep them connected as much as possible was great and we that all happened just kind of changing on a dime you know in march of 2020 so Um, I don't want to put it like completely behind us and just like erase it from memory because I think there's a lot of great things that we can take from last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think because of um, the challenges that we faced, we became really innovative and Mm -hmm. tried to figure out different ways to do things. And a lot of those things are sticking even though the circumstances may change because, hey, that was a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe we wouldn't have gone there if we hadn't been forced Right. Uh, to think differently. So yeah, I think flexibility was something that everyone improved in. Yes, <laughs> for sure. I mean, yes. you didn't have a choice. Like you had to be flexible because things, like you said, like things were changing. Like right. you, we would hear one thing and then like it would be different by the next day. Yeah, and that was flexibility. Yeah, we we talk about monitoring a monitor and adjust and, mm-hmm. uh, but, but we put those words for sure in action um, yeah, that was a, that was a whole different level of monitor yes, and adjust uh, yeah not one that we want to go back to that no. to that level you know obviously we want some more stability and, yeah. and things for this year but um, you know I still think what I wanted to share what was on my heart and thinking about a new school year and, and hopefully some of our folks here will listen to this podcast and 
and maybe some folks who are at other schools or are starting back their school, maybe your first year principal, maybe your first year teacher, maybe you've been doing this 10 years. Hopefully just these things, these thoughts that I had that I wanted to share would hit home with someone that somebody can, everybody, regardless of where you are in, in your career and education mm-hmm. can connect to this. But um, some things I saw last year, so you take a year of a pandemic and nobody really, nobody knew in the world mm-hmm. how to deal with this, how to um, process, how to how to teach in a world like this. Like nobody was prepared for that. You don't have a plan sitting on the shelf. I mean, I got a <laughs> bomb plan. I pandemic got pandemic folder. <laughs> yes, I'll just go grab that out. That's in my Google Drive. You oh. know? Um, but we've got earthquake drills. We've got processes and procedures for so many things, but nobody um, saw this coming. Um, but some of the same truths, you know, before then, pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, and now about organizations, about schools, and um, and growth and progress are still there. Right. So that's really just kind of what I wanted to, to talk about. Um, and so I just kind of titled these the growth monsters. Um, I don't know. When, it, when I was, were you ever afraid of anything? Did you ever afraid of monsters when you were a kid? Did you ever have those? I mean, just the dark in general. I think yeah. it was my fear. Yeah, I thought there for a while there was a monster in my closet, but yeah. I think there was that we had those like um, closets that had the little like gaps in them. So if the light was on, oh, yeah. the light was shining, mm-hmm. or if you or if a toy that was in there kind of came on, it like. The lights oh. coming through, like, freak you out. <laughs> just a dim green light just yeah. shining in your closet. That's scary. Yeah. yeah, it kind of freaked me out. But, you know, those things, um, one of the things, like the dark, you know, thinking about a monster there, is the way to overcome that is uh, it's just to shine light on things, you know, and it's not there. Um, right. And you kind of have to bring things to light. So that's what I want to do with these uh, five big monsters that I feel like prevent principals, teachers, and organizations from moving forward and, and achieving all that they're capable of. And this is just my list. This could, I mean, somebody this else could have a different list. This is the list to end all lists. That is. There will that never be true. a list that, quite that like this true. one. They'll probably write a book about this. They will. Called The Growth Monsters. Maybe I'll write that one. <laughs> you should write it. Add it to your to-do list. So the first one, I was joking earlier, as I said, I'm going to read this one like trust deficits. <laughs> if you can guess what that word's supposed to be, I'd be impressed. So for you guys um, who hooked on phonics work for you, this is truth <laughs> deficits. deficits. Um, or tr- and trust deficits. Having trust. Right. Um, so deficits, obviously we know what that that is and we know what trust is. And so putting those two things together, um, relationships is, are the foundation of any organization whether it's a school uh, a company a business a sports team whatever whatever it is like there has to be this uh, relationship among colleagues teammates Mm -hmm. that are on the same level and there has to be this trust between leadership um, and and their the employees and their you know all that has to be there in order to have productive relationships trusting relationships so I think that that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest hurdle, the bi- the biggest monster for any school to overcome is or and to build is there has to be trust in the organization. Can you think of any organ any relationship you've ever had that was beneficial that didn't have trust? That didn't have trust. That didn't have trust. I mean, maybe in the moment it seemed like this is great, but then you look back because eventually those kind of relationships are going to 
go away. Right. And then you look back and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> nope, that wasn't it. That yeah. wasn't the kind of friendship or relationship that I wanted. So. And it's, you make a good point. Just trust, like it's some for some folks, depending on what they've gone through and what what experiences they've had in life, it's harder for people to trust. It is. And so in order to build that, that's a day-to-day thing. And I would encourage any principals that are leading a school today is that, you know, you just got to take those steps every day to build that trust mm-hmm. uh, and to maintain that trust and not expect it to be an overnight thing. Right. Um, you know, people have said it many, many times. It takes a long time, a lot of times, to build trust. It doesn't take much to lose it. So, um, but it, it does a, take a lot to rebuild. To rebuild, absolutely, absolutely, because everybody will then go back to the time that the trust was mm-hmm. broken. Um, probably to a to even a downfall sometimes of being so uh, trustworthy that you know folks feel like you might be hiding information, mm-hmm. or maybe you didn't share something that you should have. But you know, you you're doing that to maintain trust with whoever it is that shared that with you. Right. Um, and so classrooms and schools are built on trusting relationships. Students have to trust their teachers that they have their best interests, that they care about them. You know, you've heard the saying, like, they, they don't really know, care how much you know until they know how much you care. So, um, it, and that all starts with trust, you know. Um, and so you, you may not agree with folks. A lot of times I think those things get blurred. You know, folks say, like, they don't trust somebody anymore because they didn't like their decision. Mm-hmm. They didn't like the direction that they went in. They didn't like how they did this. Um, you know, I didn't always agree with my mom and dad or how they right. handled something <laughs> or whatever. That's not fair. But yeah. I trust my dad. Now, I, I understand right there. Put a pause or a disclaimer on that. I know everybody can't say that about their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, you know, I trust my dad. I may not always agree with the things that he said or the direction, but I trust he had my best interests, mm-hmm. and he never showed me any different. So make that the first monster that you slay this year is that truth deficit. You know, mm-hmm. build that up. Don't have that gap uh, between your teachers mm-hmm. or between your um, leadership in your uh, in your staff or your certified and classified or um, in, anywhere there. You just continue to do things to build trust. Sure. What about that second one, fear of failure? Yeah, this this would work in an organization. It's, you know, because organizations are made up of people. Mm-hmm. And so people, um, a lot of people tend to lack in the area of confidence, which is usually because they fear failure. Um, right. But you could take it outside of organizations. I think this is what holds a lot of people back. I think... You and I just sitting here at this table have a lot more to offer, a lot more talents, a lot more abilities, but we don't try certain things or go out there because we're afraid of, of failing. Maybe I'm throwing you in, in with me too, but... No, I feel like that's a... I feel like every individual struggles with that. If they have some kind of personal, even just a personal goal, right? they might not even attempt to even get there because they're afraid that they're going to fail. Right. And I mean, it just depends on where you're coming from. Everybody's coming from a different path, you know, a different upbringing and so forth. So some people are more afraid of failure than others. Yeah. I think um, we have to look at how how do we view failure? And that really will change a lot of things or it has changed a lot of things for me. I'm not saying that I have completely overcome that. But with failure, um, I think we too many times we see that as an end. 
you know, like that's like failure is finite. Like we failed mm-hmm. and we that's give it. up. It's, it's it. Over. We didn't. We didn't do it. We didn't make the team. Right. We didn't accomplish this. We didn't get our. We didn't reach our goal. But we have to look at it as it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. And if we don't fail and don't go through those things, we won't grow. Um, you know, where is the opportunity to persevere? Uh, to have grit to you know overcome those things that are all great for us that'll help us in so many areas of life if we don't um, if we don't fail if we don't have to get back up and Mm -hmm. and push forward and I'm thinking as you know as teachers I mean you have to get over the fear of failure because you're gonna fail you're going to I mean absolutely you I know all both, about Both it. of us, I knew you were going to you go there. Say, you know all about Both that. of us have been in the classroom, been teaching, had a lesson, yeah. and it flopped. Mm-hmm. You know? More than once. The assessment comes back, you grade the test, and you just want to like... Like, wait a second. Beat your head against the wall. I like, thought this was great. Fail. Um, I failed many times as a principal with different things um, and realized that... Um, Sometimes I don't try things. or Sometimes I really want to do things, but I'm afraid of what everybody else is going to say. Mm-hmm. And um, that, to me, sometimes gets in the way because I'll see that as failure. It's going to be failure because nobody's going to buy into this. Right. Um, and so that can sometimes hold you back. But fear can be paralyzing to the point of inaction. You just mm-hmm. don't, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it holds us stagnant kind of keeps us in the same place uh, because, and I'll talk about another reason for that in a little bit, we miss out on opportunities um, because we're afraid uh, to, to try something. Yeah. Um, so there's many, many, many reasons why people have that fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of those goes back in an organization, goes back to trust deficits. Mm-hmm. So I've heard teachers say, well, you know, I really wanted to do this or I wanted to go off my lesson plan and do this idea, this this strategy, did the, do this activity, but I was worried that somebody was going to come in and observe me and that wasn't what was on my lesson plan. Um, and I'm, I'm not downplaying those things. I'm sure that people have their own experiences where that maybe that's happened and so mm-hmm. that's ingrained in them. But as principals and as leaders of schools, we have to encourage our staff to accept failure as part of the process and give them that ability to take those risks and take those chances mm-hmm. and not come down on them for crashing and burning, right. but be there to support them, to reflect on it. Okay, so get back up. Let's go. What, what yeah. do you do next? What about fixed mindsets? We talk a lot about the growth mindset here yeah. at Dacusville. So what about if you have a fixed one with that? would for sure be a growth monster. Yeah, this one is really hard to overcome. Um, I wish I knew a strategy. I'd probably write that book and be on the travel circuit and telling everybody how to do this. But fixed mindset is obviously the the opposite of growth mindset. It's always been done this mm-hmm. way. That'll Dangerous. never work. You know, all of these things, uh, they just kind of have a fixed mindset of um, however it is right now, that's the way it's going to be. You know, and... Um, it's hard when people lack different perspectives um, or they lack empathy, I think, is, is part of that fixed mindset. Um, just being able not to have sympathy for kids, like I'm just saying as a teacher or a principal, anybody who says, well, you know, these kids are just here. They The tra- trajectory shows they've just been here. They're just going to be here. Mm-hmm. And you kind of accept that. That's kind of lacking 
or you say poor Johnny and you just kind of let Johnny sit over here and do a mm-hmm. little bit of nothing. Johnny's really. always been that way. That's right. So I think sometimes like that sympathy, maybe, maybe that child really does have a lot of things going against them. Yeah. And so we like just create this like destin this final destination for them mm-hmm. in our mind. And we just fall into that versus, um, looking at how we can change, what can we control and to, to make it different. So we do talk a lot about growth mindsets and I want everyone from every position to have that mindset each day of like, how can I get better and that I can get better yeah. and that my, te- my kids and my students in my school uh, can improve, can grow. Um, so otherwise, what's the point in learning? You know, mm-hmm. like why, how can we stand up there and teach kids about learning if we're not willing to learn ourselves. Right. If we've kind of accepted this is it. This is just how it is. This is how it's going to continue to be. Like imagine like what our world would be like if everybody had that kind of mindset. Like the amount of like inventions and just like modern day things that would not exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. They were like, no, this is just this is just how things are. No one would ever like send an email. You just always handwrite letters and it would take days to get to them. That's just the way it is. There's no better way. Sorry. I think everybody accepts the way it is Mm -hmm. until the way it's changed or the way it could be positively impacts them. Yeah. You know, like I would not want to have surgery the way they did back in Mm -mm. 1900. It's just the way it is. No, I don't want that anesthesia. You no. know, keep that over there. Um, you know, I mean, advances and things like that. We learn things, and we we should learn, and and adapt the way we do things based on what we learn. Things can only get better. That's right. We learn how to do them better. That's right. Mm. What about that fourth that'll, one? That'll teach. <laughs> that'll teach <laughs> if you let it. Um, for pride. All right, I'll speed up on these next two because I know Please. we got several things. So pride. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was waiting on the smart aleck yeah. comment there. A little, little, little stab, a little jab there. Pride. Um, I think this is kind of self-explanatory, but there's different forms of pride. There's people who uh, are prideful and feel like, like they've arrived. They don't have anything to learn. I'm the best at this kind of deal. You can't show me anything. Um, you know, I, I even had a teacher one time, my first year as a principal, in a meeting say, like, they had basically been there before I got there, and they'd be there when I left. Wow. Yeah. So automatically, that person's mindset to me, that person did not get off on a good foot with me no. because it was the mentality, it was the thought process, uh, the mindset behind that comment of, like, you don't have any value. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. show me anything. So, um, so that can be one side of the pride. And then the, the other side is that we're so prideful that we don't want to ask questions mm-hmm. or we don't want to come off as needing help uh, or admitting that we don't understand something right. that we don't, that we're, that we're not very good at this or we, we need you to come alongside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, teachers probably more so, more so younger teachers, I would think in their first, you know, first year to 10 years, maybe are probably in that boat more of like, well, I don't, especially in those evaluation years. Like, yeah. I don't want them to think I can't do this because that can be like negative. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, if I ask for help, then they're going to yeah. be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. So, goes back to goes back to trust, right? Yeah. You have to have that relationship with somebody to know that I can go to them. Right. I can ask questions and they're not going to um, think negatively about right. this. They're com- going to come alongside of me to try to help me they because we're all help. in this yeah. to improve the organization. 
You got all kinds of songs <laughs> over there. You just want to sing. But I can't ever get you to sing. Yeah, well, you missed it. There it was. All right. <laughs> all right. And the fifth growth monster, Comfort. Now, this one probably is the one that's kind of the hardest to, to wrap your brain around. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see that as a negative to be comfortable. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tiptoe around this delicately for those who might be listening because I don't want this to sound um, the wrong way. But we can get very comfortable in our day to day. You know, we can get very comfortable in. I've talked with teachers who have been in the same classroom the entire time they've been in a school. Wow. While that's awesome, it's impressive. And yeah, very impressive that you did not have to move classrooms in 28 years, 30 yeah. years, whatever it might be, much less schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of times I've had teachers that have had to move after being in a room a long time, and it's a time to clean out. It's yeah. a time to reprioritize what do I need. Um, so, even something that simple, and that's just a simple yeah. uh, example of that. But we can get very comfortable in the way we do things and do things the next year the way we did them last year mm-hmm. and use that same lesson and that same plan because we're trying to make our jobs easier. easier. Um, but uh, this is one of those things that can lead to complacency. Mm-hmm. Times change, circumstances change, kids change. All of those things change. And if we just get very comfortable with doing the same thing we're doing, but the kids coming to us are different right. and the problems coming to us are different. All of these things, and we don't adapt with those times, mm-hmm. we're not going to be as successful as maybe we were when we started out because the way we were doing things maybe was working. Yeah. Um, I know that doing anything worth doing is, is going to take some work. It's mm-hmm. going to take some struggle. Uh, we want our kids to have productive struggle and not just get everything easy because that mm-hmm. builds their character, builds their perseverance and all those things that I've talked about before muscles there's another example like they don't grow unless you tear them Mm. and that's really what you're doing you're working out you know you have to put that work in you have to get uncomfortable uh, and push yourself if you want that to happen if you want to see those results you want those gains that's right those gains (laughs) and so that personal growth it could be in your personal growth or professional growth but you can't um, you can't stay comfortable all the time you have to be comfortable with occasionally being uncomfortable yeah you have to live outside of your comfort zone sometimes yeah what's the what's the biggest thing in education and what when you were teaching over that 10 years what what was maybe something that pushed you something that pushed out me. of your comfort zone i'm oh just my. thinking this past year oh maybe gosh. yeah um teaching virtually that was that was a tough one because i've always i guess dread that's a very strong word but like Anytime I've had like a visitor in my classroom, whether it was just like a parent coming for like a special thing mm-hmm. or an observation or even just someone walking in my room like while I'm teaching, like having like having someone watch me teach always made me wildly uncomfortable. Right. But I mean, then when I get the feedback, it's, you know, a chance for growth. But like teaching virtually, like parents were always there. Right. Like oh, yeah. they were present for every lesson. They saw all the things that I messed up on, like every like wrong word or like didn't write something the right way. Like they saw everything. So, I mean, eventually <laughs> you kind of have to get over it. Like I, I didn't have a choice. I right. didn't have a choice but to be uncomfortable. But then like by the end of each semester, because I did different grade levels, 
um, both semesters. But like by the end of it, it's it's just like the parents weren't even there. It was just like they were just yeah. kind of. It was part of it. It yeah. wasn't really, you know, like I did it enough where it wasn't comfortable anymore. But it honestly made me a better teacher. Yeah. Because I knew that people were constantly watching. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> uh, that's a point that a lot of folks maybe don't really realize a whole lot is that if you were teaching virtually, you know, it's like having, if you're teaching in the brick and mortar classroom, you just invite your parents in every single day. Yep, every just day. have them come up and pull a chair up beside mm-hmm. you and, uh, and wondering about the being scrutinized or, you know, all, the, of all of those things going on. So, but again, it pushes you to be better. Mm-hmm. And uh, and grow so yeah. so those are the to me those are five big monsters that we have to overcome uh, to have to get where we want to be mm-hmm. and those are things that I hope here at our school that we are um, slaying those monsters and that we will do that this year and yeah. continue to do it so um, so there's monsters and then there's pests pests I have to admit when I read this the first time I said the growth pets I'm like what. <laughs> Termites? Who would have a termite as yeah, a pet? Not, these are not classroom pets. <laughs> pests. But then spiders and rodents, like, those are pets. Anyway. Uh, yeah, not my <laughs> pets. really but confused. What, you know, whatever. If you want to have those. Um, so there's probably a lot more of them than, than what I have listed here, and we'll hit these real quick. Okay. So. All right. So number one, oh, toxic termites. Yeah. Sorry, you have alliteration. Gotta have some alliteration here. You know, it's an <laughs> education podcast. Come on. Toxic termites. Um, toxic termites. You know, I think about termites that eat away at our foundation. You know, yeah. they, they, they just tear everything apart. They don't really contribute much to anything. And so I think about there's always folks in an organization um, who are always negative. Um, mm. They never believe anything's going to work. Um they are doubters of anyone and everything that, that goes on. And they love to share that displeasure with everyone about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they just eat away at the joy that other people come to work with. I don't know if you've ever been in a room where you feel pretty good. Like yeah. the day's going pretty well. You feel pretty good about your class. You're, you're pretty happy about your organization and your school. But you let one or two of these toxic termites mm-hmm. into that room and they begin to spill for quite a while. And as strong as people, who, the strongest, most positive people around still may start to question things yeah. or wonder about things by the end of that meeting because they just eat away at mm-hmm. people. So you got to be careful and watch out for those uh, growth pests there. because it's, it's exhausting to be around somebody who's negative yeah. all the time. So my encouragement... You know, I strongly encourage all of our teachers not to, first of all, not to be a toxic termite. Sure. Second of all, identify who those toxic termites are and avoid them. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell my kids, like, you know, there's always going to be mean people. There's always going to be people that don't like you, who mistreat you. But you can be cordial to them, yeah. but you don't have to hang around with them. You don't have have to be be best friends friends with them. them. You don't have to have go have sleepovers or go to the their birthday parties. Be cordial, be friendly, Mm -hmm. but don't allow yourself to spend too much time with them or they'll eat away at your joy. Yeah, for sure. What about shiny spiders? Shiny spiders. So this may not be what some folks are, are thinking here, but to me this happens all the time in education is there's like this shiny new thing that everyone's wanting. You know, like districts or states may purchase this or this is the new hottest literacy curriculum this is the new um 
technology. This is the new um, thing online that people need to, to do or whatever it might be. So we have to be careful that while those things aren't bad in themselves, and some of those things are really, really good, it's the fact that we jump from one of those things to the other mm-hmm. without really spending a lot of time or doing anything with fidelity. Yeah. And I understand for teacher's standpoint, from administrators too, sometimes um, that's beyond your control sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that's coming from other places and you just have to kind of deal with that. Right. But I feel like if we jump from shiny spider to shiny spider, eventually we're going to get stuck in that web. We're just yeah. going to be stuck there, can't move forward because we never really feel good at anything. Right. We're just always looking at the next new shiny thing as that magic fix all. all. Fix it's, all. It's going to fix everything. All the issues we're dealing with, this this will cure it all. Yeah. But then, I mean, what normally happens to things that are just like, you know, I guess just grabbing at whatever's new mm-hmm. and then like you try it in your classroom or you're told to try it in your classroom mm-hmm. and like it usually flops and it's usually like, oh, well, on to the next new thing. Like that yeah. one didn't work out. Let's try this one. Right. Without actually stopping and thinking before you try or get the new thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this is this really worth it? Absolutely right. All right. Last one. Rumor rodents. That one's a little bit harder to say. It I don't is. think I could say that one three times Ooh. in a row, but... You know, the rumor rumor rodents are very similar to toxic termites, and they're probably there in the, in the same boat as well. Probably. But but sometimes these folks necessarily aren't necessarily negative. You know, they're not maybe not the ones that are going around putting everything down, talking negative about everybody. But these are people who just kind of love to be in the know mm. and um, spreading the business. Yes, they they want to they want people to come to them to find out things so they feel like they have to find out things. Mm-hmm. And I, what I what I have found out about these people that like to find out things is that sometimes they don't know anything. Yeah, and they make up stuff so it looks like they know everything. Uh huh. They want to um, be in the know. They want to. That's right. And feel so like they know what's going on. When those things, when they get to going around and running around and spreading these different rumors and lies and mm-hmm. speculations, or or I heard this was going on. You know, then that just kind of starts. We've heard, you know, the rumor mill and mm-hmm. things start swirling around the school, um, and it creates a lot of anxiety, yeah. um, worry sometimes about things, mistrust. Mm-hmm. People start, and that's the probably the worst of it is that sometimes folks like lose trust in someone over a rumor that's yeah. not even true. They, you know? they don't even fact check it. They that's just right. Take it, and they're like, all right. Yeah, and they just run with it, mm-hmm. and so it can tear people down. I mean, we've all experienced that. Um, where rumors have been shared or spread or told about us and how we have to, you know, we try really hard to work to overcome that or to prove that that wasn't true. Right. Um, but so we've got to be careful that we don't have a lot of those and that we address it. Yeah. I think those things need to be addressed. And I say these things about these different growth pests is that as a principal, you need to know who those folks are in your building. Um, right. And when that happens and you know that happens... Um, you know, professionally address that with those folks. You'd be but a I'll, professional exterminator. What's that? <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. See what you did there. See what you did there. Yes, be that professional exterminator. exterminator. You know, Words like, are. <laughs> it sounds a lot like you just bring them in and fire them, but you know, yeah, you can't, not like that. It's not always that. It's not that um, extreme. <laughs> but have those conversations with those folks um, about that. But the mm-hmm. other thing that I've learned through reading and through listening to other people who have done this much longer than I have and have more experience is that we can get caught up as leaders in spending too much time 
on those folks and not enough time on the folks that are doing doing right. Right. And encouraging and supporting them and, and all because those are the ones that are really going to take you where you need to go. Right. Um, so I know those three things. I've kind of addressed those from a principal standpoint. But in your classroom, if mm-hmm. you're a teacher, you got them too. Yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, you've, you've got termites. You've got kids in there that are always negative about stuff. They mm-hmm. don't like things. And um, it plays on. They're always tearing other kids down. Mm-hmm. Um, as teachers, you've got the next thing that's on Teachers Pay Teachers or the mm-hmm. next Pinterest board that's out there. Um, that you're like, oh, this is great and easy. I'll print this and this will work. Mm-hmm. Um, so be careful of doing that. And then kids in your room are doing that. And so if you hear it that's going on on the playground or in the hallways or whatever, you kind of kind of pull that kid aside and have those conversations. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, just some burning thoughts I had, I guess, that I, I appreciate you coming in and recording another <laughs> yeah. episode here. Yeah. I'm glad you asked me. He was having a hard time finding another co-host That's what that would uh, put up with him. Anyone. Yeah, yeah. Just really didn't think that you would come back and do that. So I figured once you hit the door here and got that <laughs> nine-hour-a-week job, that I, we would never see you it's again. Like, so, well, there she goes off in the off sunset. In sunset. Look at her never riding out here. Seen again. <laughs> here I am. But it's fun. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was good. It was good information. Good information for our, your teachers, all your newbies that are coming in. I think you guys are going to have a great school year. I'm rooting for you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of That'll Teach. If you let it. <laughs> <laughs>